Well, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being here this morning. Hallelujah. You know, this is, a, uh, this is a, the beginning of uh, what they call the triumphal entry of Jesus uh, going into Jerusalem. It's the week that a lot of place, you know, people put different things on what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all that is takes place all the way till Friday. We have Good Friday coming up. Praise God. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great week. Because it culminates, hallelujah, in uh, uh, the resurrection. Next Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. How many of you know that without the resurrection, there's no Christianity? I mean, who cares what he did on the earth? Who cares what he did? Hallelujah. But without him being raised from the dead, glory to God, there's no hope for us. But thank God there is hope. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. We're so glad that all of you are here. But if you're here for the very first time, Welcome. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. We're just glad that you're here. And if you are here for the first time, right there in the seat pockets in front of you, right by where the offering envelopes are, is a uh, connect card. If you'd like to fill that out, let us know how you heard about us. Let us know who you are so that we can uh, get to know you better and also get to connect with you. Uh, You know, we love God with all of our heart. We believe we're the best church on this corner. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, we do. We believe that with all of our heart because we want to help people. We want to reach and touch the lives of everybody. Uh, we want to build people up. We want to encourage them. We want to strengthen them because we want you to finish. You know, as a pastor, you don't want, you know, and even as a father or anything else, you know, you want your kids to succeed. You want them to finish. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to finish. And that's, that's our goal is to help you finish. And of course, in everything we do, we want to honor God. You know, so that's our mission statement. It's reach, build, and honor. And so we're desiring that. We thank God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you could fill that out, drop that into the offering bucket, it goes by. And if it goes by too quickly, well, then you can take it out to the counter out there and they'll take it from you. Amen. Hey, we're going to worship God with our tithes and with our offerings and magnify the Lord this morning. Amen. Yes and amen. So if you do need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you've got that all set up, you know, uh, right there, I've got that all set up. So I, you know, using this today because I forgot to bring a check, but uh, I actually have the kids church offering because I watched the kids for the nine o'clock till 10 o'clock. So I found that they got, they're stashing money everywhere. So I've, I found it over there. So I don't know if they're, you know, what they're doing, but I, I'm going to put it in the offering here. So it's all good. Amen. So hallelujah, God is good. So if you need an envelope, go ahead and take one right there, fill it out there. If you're going to give online, those of you online, you know how to give and how to check the boxes. We're just believing God. We're exercising our faith for God to do great things. We're believing God to pay off our, this whole facilities, believing God for our roof, our, our uh, air conditioning systems that we got to do up there. And uh, we're going to be putting solar up there so that we can get in before the, uh, the, it gets to not be a, a good thing. And uh, so we're believing for all of that. We're just thanking God. And uh, he's the one that supplies all of our needs. We believe we're being directed by what he wants us to do. So I just tell the Lord, I'm going to act like I got millions and millions of dollars and we're just going to keep going. So that's what we're believing. Amen. And uh, I believe what God orders, he pays for. So I'm trying not to order it. The board's trying not to order it. We're wanting God to order it. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We love you. We thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father, as we bring our tithes and offerings, we worship you with our giving. You alone are so great, so mighty. Thank you, Father. And Father, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Hallelujah. You meet and supply all of their needs. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
you for it. And I just honor you and love you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. And uh, you get me to give you the announcements because there was supposed to only be one announcement. But now I think I've got five or six or seven or eight or nine as everybody. You're supposed to put these on, your, on, the, on the group here. So we're going to put the one that was on here first. We love all of you. You just love all of you. But it's a good thing. Uh, you know, so no, it's all good. I love you. You know, I just love to let you know what's going on at Harvest Bible Church because it's good stuff. We have all kinds of stuff going on. And so the first one is, and the, which is the one that's on the, our uh, bulletin, on our calendar and stuff, is this, is the 55 plus ladies, praise the Lord, you're going to be meeting uh, at Cindy McCormick's house, Goat Ranch there in, in, in Valley Springs, coming up here. So you're going to be blessed. But there's a whole bunch you need to know about that. You're supposed to uh, come for wonderful fellowship. It's also a potluck, so you're supposed to bring your favorite dish uh, or one that you want everybody to try. No, you're supposed to bring one that you think is good, okay? <laughs> Anyways, um, in addition to that, they're doing something kind of unique. They're going to do a book exchange, so they want you to bring five books that you've already read, that you've been blessed with, that you, that you want to give up. I mean, I don't know if I have five books that I want to give up, but that I, that I think would be a blessing, because, but then if you do, no, I, I think you could, you know, but if you do that, so bring that, and then you're going to get to exchange those, and you'll get to take home five wonderful books that'll be a blessing to you. Amen? So you want to come, you want to do that, and it will be a blessing. It's going to be on Thursday, April 13th from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God for that one. Hallelujah. Praise God. 10.30 to 3 3 p.m. Amen? Hallelujah. On April 13th. April 13th, okay? Hallelujah. Also, this month is starting back up Cars and Coffee, and that's the fourth Saturday of every month from now on until probably September, I think it's the last one, or maybe even October, but really, so, and it's a cool thing, basically, because there's cool cars that are going to be here, but it's also an outreach to share Jesus with everybody that comes by, amen? So they're going to be having one the, the fourth uh, Saturday of this month, which is the 22nd, and it's always from 9 to 12, and then, of course, the fourth one in May is on uh, Memorial Day weekend, so they're actually going to have hamburgers and hot dogs and things like that, so that'll entice you guys to come out here, amen? And, uh, you know, that's one thing we found out. If we can entice these guys with food, we had 40 some odd, 46 guys yesterday for steak and eggs. It was really good. So uh, it was awesome and uh, it's a blessing. We got to feel how the ladies feel almost every month because always crowded. You know, you guys have, and yet, and probably 40 some is a small crowd for you. But for us, that was a big one, okay? Amen. Hey, also, uh, I want you to know there's still a lot of things going on with our community action team, a lot of things still going on and around with our legislation and stuff, a lot of dumb things that they're trying to do, but there's also a lot of good things. So there's a handout that Maryland's put together that'll be a real blessing for you guys to get. It just tells you, gives you information, so it'll be a real blessing. So don't just run out, just take it, hallelujah, read it, at least you can be knowledgeable, amen, and uh, pray about those things. How many of you know prayer works? Because also on the, you know, she's going to give you things that are, that are going on, but also she's going to, behind that is that it says these are things that actually are making a difference, that we can see a difference. How many of you know you like to see some things happening? And um, how many of you remember well, what happened just recently at the, at the thing in, in Tennessee there, you know, with the school kids and, and the church being coming in? You know, we've got a lot of crazy things going on. For those of you that don't know, in 1992, the very first school shooting happened in America. Do you know where that school shooting happened? Stockton, California. 
Yes, Stockton, California, at the Cleveland School. And uh, I happened to have watched that video and the whole triage, the whole video that was there by people that, I mean, the actual video of seeing everybody in that and seeing the kids and all that because of being connected with San Joaquin area criticals. It was one of the first, one of the first things we studied. And uh, anyways, uh, I got a call from, from Mr. Bill Rood there. Just, just we were talking about some things. We were just talking about it. And just from his heart about, we just need to pray. You know, we need to pray for our communities, but we need to especially be praying for our schools. And wherever your kid goes to school or your grandkid goes to school, you probably ought to take that school on. Okay, and wherever you live or whatever you need to do, take it on. Let's take it on. We're not, you know, it's, it's kind of wild, you know, when all that stuff happened. You know, we had sheriff cars going through our parking lot, you know, three or four days in a row, and they've been coming in and just, I don't know, you know, because people say all kinds of stupid things that, hey, we're going to do this. In fact, this Sunday was supposed to be a Sunday that they were supposed to attack Sundays. But don't you worry about it. We're awesome. Nobody's going to do anything and nobody's going to come. We have people watching, taking care of. Plus, we got a lot of crazy guys in this church. So y'all are good. <laughs> Can I get an amen? And the reason being is because I got a really crazy pastor, okay? He'd be, he'd be leading the charge, and so that's kind of scary. So, so but, uh, amen, you know, uh, and that, that's not in a prideful way at all. That's in a prayerful way because I really want to do it. And so we want to do that. So, uh, Mr. Bill Root is an incredible, he was a teacher and he's retired. He's also just a great teacher also. But anyways, he's going to be putting together some things for me and, and for us to kind of hand out for things to pray, getting scriptures, things like that. So I'm really happy about that to help you because it's good to do that. Thank God. Amen? Amen. Because we do. We don't need that. We don't need anything like that. We need the hand of God. Amen? Amen. So, so we, need to, we need to understand that. So that's, that's a tremendous blessing along that line. So uh, that's going to be coming, and we're going to let you know about that. But if, just in the meantime, you can just pray. Amen? Hallelujah. And then also, you guys really surprised me. You know, this coming Friday, we are having our Passover dinner. And I have to confess to you, I actually believe that we probably have maybe, you know, 30, 40 people actually show up for that. But you, you guys are unbelievable. You know, we have 134 coming out to that. And uh, that maxed it out. That's all we can put in here with the tables. Greg hasn't figured out how to be uh, any more uh, creative here and make more room. Uh, but this is it. That's all we can do with all of our tables. We have 134. I know people yesterday, even at the men's breakfast, said, hey, is there any tickets? No, there are no tickets left. We got a waiting list of about six or seven because some of you always flake. So we're not counting on you doing that. But if you do, let us know, okay? But it's Friday night at 6 o'clock, and uh, it's going to be a blessing, but it's also something kind of holy, okay? It's Good Friday. It's kind of holy. So, so don't come, you know, dressed as a bum. Come a little more dressed, okay? Come just up just a little bit. Come like you might. Hopefully, you're going to dress up for Easter. You're just, you know, I'm just suggesting, you know, if you get offended, come the way you are. But I'd like you to come a little better than that. That'd be kind of a little nicer. Just, just, just saying. Just saying. It, it would be good, for, good to do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> amen. Y'all, y'all, okay. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Just, just would like that. That would be a blessing. It's going to be one. We're actually going to have a, a live lamb here. We're not going to have lamb, but we're going to have a live lamb, okay? So uh, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> uh, we're going to build a pen, have it there, you know, whatever it does, it does. 
you know, we'll do, we've had that before, so it's all good, you know, we just, you know, my wife is all about uh, props and visualization, she loves for you to visually see things, uh, and I'm her helper, so you're going to see me do things that you would normally never see me do, but that's okay, that's what we do for love, amen, and uh, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, you know, God is so good. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew uh, chapter 21, if you would, with me. And I want to share, because a lot of times people don't really know. Oh, yeah, all the high school kids and junior high, you guys can bolt. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's their last, last class. So praise the Lord to get in there and teaching on, that, on the, what they're teaching on there. So it's cool. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when you understand the triumphal entry of Jesus coming into, uh, and this is what we're just going to share a little bit about, but really, when you read about it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all give you a little bit different uh, scenarios of it. They give you some, get a little bit more, the thing that impacted them. You know, they start out with the same, here's what happened, here's what's going, but then what happened afterwards, what happens before, it just gives us some things that Jesus shared. It actually opens up our eyes to see. Amen? And uh, for me, it's like, wow, you know, when you look at it, I mean, at the beginning of the week today, everybody is singing, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King, hallelujah. They're like, woohoo! And by Friday, they're singing something else. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So, man, man, one week. What a, what a difference a week makes. But look at our own lives. What a difference our own lives a week makes. You know? But there's kind of something in here that I want to do out of Matthew chapter 21. And so my title today, Is Jesus Your King? Is Jesus Your King? Or is he what everybody else says? He was a good man. He was a prophet. He was this. He was that. But you know what? In order to be, is he your king? Hallelujah. Is he your Lord and is he your savior? Those, those are things you have to look at and say. And if he is, then how has that changed you? And how are you changed in that? Amen? How or what are you doing to allow him to be the king? And if he is your king, I mean, how are you serving him? Amen? And so we're going to pray because we need some extra help this morning. No, it's all good. We're just going to pray. Father, we honor you and love you and thank you because we've heard these stories, which are not stories. This is a historical fact. And we've heard this of what Jesus has done many, many times in our lives. But Father, I trust the Holy Spirit this morning this hour, right now, because I believe that this is very significant week, culminating on Easter, Father, coming up here, culminating on the resurrection day, the resurrection that we celebrate, the resurrection of our Lord. Lord, thank you that this is, hallelujah, a time that we set ourselves to honor you. We set ourselves to learn from you. And so we trust the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I trust you to form fit this message, to bring life to every person that's here. Father, that they would begin to understand and know, oh, how important and how wonderful this celebration is and how wonderful it is, hallelujah, of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. 
Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And so, Lord, we just, we give you honor. We give you glory. We yield to you. We thank you for your holy written word. Let it bring life to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here in uh, the 21st chapter, we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Hallelujah. He said, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, they then sent Jesus two of his disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against, against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey that's tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if any man say unto you, why are you stealing this donkey? No, why are you taking this donkey? He shall say, the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king comes unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And he said, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, and they put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread um, down branches, that's where we get Palm Sunday and palm branches to be laid down from the trees and strewed them along the way or, or you put them along the way. and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and when he was coming to Jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this Verse 11 is the verse I want you to get. It says, And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Notice they didn't say, This is Jesus our king. But the, the prophet said in Zechariah that your king is going to come riding on a donkey. And over in Luke's gospel, in fact, let's go over to Luke's. Go over to Luke's, if you would. Luke 19, let's read that, that what he says there. And, um, hallelujah, amen. <clears throat> Luke nineteen twenty eight through 40, let's read that one, okay? It says, and when he had thus spoken, he went before them and sending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass that when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of, called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples. He's saying, go into the village over against you in which you are entering. You shall find a colt tied whereupon it never a man set. Loose him and bring him to me or bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Amen. And they that were sent went their way, and they found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Hey, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they sat Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh now into the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. For all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heavens and glory in the highest. And then some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he said unto them, unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> 
I mean, we realize this. And if you read it in another chapter, it says, haven't you read over in John's gospel, it says, haven't you read where the Bible says, out of the mouths of babes and suckling, God has perfected praise. He said, they can't hold their mouth. They can't stop doing this. They have to do this. How do get? They're praising, they're worshiping. They're saying, hey, he's, he's our king. Now, when Jesus didn't come in and, and, and take over and defeat the Roman army and take over the religious leaders, that's what they got mad. Do you know why what happens in our lives is Jesus our king is because usually we get mad when God doesn't do things our way or do it in our time. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, see, when Jesus didn't become the king the way they wanted him to become the king, they just turned around and said, okay, now let's kill him. He's not the right one. See, because when God doesn't do what we think is right or if God's not doing it the way we think he should do it, then we look for another way. And that messes us all up, you know, because there are so many things in our lives that we're really not letting Jesus be king of. Amen. Have you ever done inventory? Do you ever just get down and just say, I'm just going to pour out my heart. I'm going to pour out my heart to God. I'm just going to sit here and get everything out of, out of here and see what's right, see what's God, see what's me, see what's junk, see if I've got an ugly tradition in me, see if I've got any unbelief in me. Amen? If you've never done that, you need to. You need to take time to just, and it takes time. You can't just, bleh, it doesn't work. You know, that's just one. You're going to have to have many. <laughs> you know, we want Jesus to do what he wants to do. And we now realize that don't try to just have Jesus doing it your way. Let's let God do his way. Amen. Isn't it funny that if, when you read in the book of Acts and you read about things, it always talks about the way. They were the way, the way, the way, the way, the way, the way. Because they were doing something a totally different way than everybody else was doing it. You know, that's why the early church called it the way. Amen? You know, I think it's kind of unique that Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Now, we know that he did that to fulfill scripture. But we also know that God did that. So when he came in, he wasn't coming in like a king. Because every other king in their history Kings ride horses. Kings don't ride donkeys. All right? And when you're coming in as a king and you're riding a horse, you're coming in to make war. How do you know how Jesus is going to come back to the earth? What's he going to be riding? Hallelujah. He's coming back to make war. He's coming back to defeat. He's coming to set up his kingdom. Hallelujah. He came here as a lowly, coming here, but he came here because it was a signifying that was peace. He came here because he was going to be the sacrifice. He came here because he was redeeming you and I. Amen. He was doing something incredible. Hallelujah. You know, you know we've been studying about creation. Do you know Adam and Eve didn't sin because they ate the apple? They sinned because they wanted to be like God and they wanted to do it their own way. Apple had nothing, or the fruit had nothing to do. Who cares? It's not about the fruit. It's about them saying, oh, you mean God's holding out on me? You mean I can do this? Isn't it funny? Jesus came so that we could be like God. He gave us his nature. He gave us his life. Amen? Something really, I mean, super, supernatural happened when Jesus came and died on the cross for us. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing how many people want Jesus to be their savior. They want him to be their provider. They want him to be their healer. Amen. They want him to be their deliverer. And all of that stuff is so wonderful. It's so awesome. But nobody wants him to be their corrector. 
or their rebuker or their holiness <laughs> or coming down this, just being their Lord. Because we, we have a hard time being bossed except by people that we're married to. But other than that, other than that, we need to learn some things here. You know, hallelujah. But you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this. It says, all scripture is inspired of God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I'm reading out of the New Living. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen. Now, the King James is not as nice. It says, it's going to rebuke you. It's going to exhort you. It's going to correct you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so when we see this, we see the hand of God upon our lives. And why is it so important? Because we have a tendency to get into error. We have a tendency to go our own way. Amen. Which in turn gives us a rebellion or rebellion against God. Because how many of you know when we're not doing what God says to do, then we're in rebellion. And isn't it amazing? God told us that in Jude. In Jude. Go, in fact, go in your Bibles to Jude. It's a little different sermon from the, from the traditional things, but I'm always different, so hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God, because I just have to let God be God in my life. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. In, in verse 11. You know, Jude started out talking. He said, man, I wanted to exhort you that you could, you know, contend for the faith. That was my desire. I was going to really just share a good old faith message with you. But then he said, I realized there were men that were crept in unaware doing some things. But verse 11, actually, let's go ahead and read verse 10. Just kind of sets it up here. It says, but these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain. They have ran greedily after the error of Balaam and for their reward and perish in the gainsaying or the rebellion of Korah. So I just talked to you about they try to do it their own way, amen, which is the way of Cain, or they try to do it, hallelujah, in error, hallelujah, which was, you know, the error of Balaam, thinking I can maybe buy off God or buy this or do this, or maybe God's missing it because he's not doing what I think he should do, and maybe he just doesn't know this is a good way, or then it eventually gets into the rebellion of Korah. And so I want to just, I got to strengthen you and encourage you that we don't want to do it those ways. We want to do it his way. Amen. You know, the way of Cain, people said, well, how come God didn't like Cain's offering? He brought him an offering. Cain was a guy that was a tiller of the ground. So he brought him fruits and vegetables. He brought him things. And uh, Abel, you know, brought him the first and the best of what, of what he had. He brought the first and the best. Hallelujah. Because it was first fruits. It was things he was doing. And he, and he was doing it the right way. And it wasn't that because Cain didn't have to go to Abel and get the animal or do it. It was that Cain brought his offering his way. He wanted to do it his way. He was doing the same sin that Adam and Eve did is that I'm just going to do it my way. How I many you know God's way is always blessed? 
Amen. You know, we look at this way, you know, and uh, uh, of course, you know, the problem is, is that when we do it our way and God doesn't honor it, then we get mad and say, well, God just rejected me. If God doesn't like what I, I have, God's rejected me. Because let me just share this, you know, little thing. Because when somebody is sinning and doing things and you're like, hey, that's terrible. Well, if you don't like my sin, then you don't like me. No. What's wrong with you? You know, my kids acted, they were rebellious. The Bible says they, you know, rebellion's in the heart of the child and only the rod of correction drives it far from them in the action of doing things. And so, you know, but the problem is, is that when they were doing wrong, they didn't know what you did was wrong. I still love you, but what you did was wrong. Your actions consequence a, a, a discipline or a, not a punishment, it's just a correction and a discipline that needs to take place. Amen? I still love you. It has nothing to do with my love for you, but I've got to correct you so that you don't keep doing the wrong things, so that you can go in the right way. Amen. Amen? We have to deal with it. So people say, yeah, but if you don't, no, if I don't, if I don't do this, if I don't condone this, if I, then I don't love them. That's stupid. It is. It's not biblical at all. At all. So when people take, and that's what people want to tell you today, you hurt my feelings. So if you hurt my feelings, then you hate me. How dumb can you get? Come on, folks. Come on. Let's stand. That's why people can get up and go and then do what they do. That's why we see the hideous crimes. That's why we see all the crazy things because nobody loved them enough to correct them. Nobody loved them enough to tell them the truth. Amen. Nobody loved them enough to rebuke them and to correct them, but it had nothing to do. See, people say, well, if you reject my gift or reject my talent, then you're rejecting me. No, we're just rejecting the way you're doing it because you didn't come the way God said to come. Amen. I mean, what about the guy that the Ark of the Covenant was going to fall down? He just wanted to steady it. He didn't, wasn't doing anything wrong. He was doing something that was a good diamond. I don't want to know. I don't want the ark of the covenant to fall and break. And he dies. Because it's David's fault for not looking at the word of God to find out how to, how to carry that thing. Amen? And see, here's one of the biggest problems that we have is that rejection leads to hurt and leads to offense. And that messes us all up. This is an awesome week where we're like, everybody likes it when it's Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Woohoo! Our king is here. Wait a minute. You're not doing what we ask you to do. You're not doing what we want you to do. Oh, well. Now forget you. Let's crucify him. Because when they ask him, who is this? Instead of saying, this is Jesus who is our king, they said, that's Jesus the prophet. He's just a prophet. How many people tell you, well, it's just Jesus. Jesus was, yeah, Jesus was a good guy. He lived, but he wasn't the son of God. He didn't die. He didn't raise from the dead. But aren't you glad that he did? You know? Here's the thing about it. How you face when somebody rebukes you, or how you face rejection, hallelujah, and how you face the negative feelings, man, they determine whether you go on or whether you, you, you lose or whether you win. It actually is whether you go through something and you come out better or you come out bitter. How many people have come out bitter in the midst of something so wonderful, so awesome, something that God said, you know, amen? Hallelujah. So it says, yeah, but they did this, they did that, they did this, you know? And that's where, you know, Matthew 5, comes in. You know what that is, right? That's what Jesus said, you got to love your enemies. You got to bless them that curse you. You got to do good to them that hate you. Woo. You got to pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. Man, that covers just about everybody that's offended you. 
But see, if the enemy can't get you to do it your way, then what he does is he tries to get you to do the error of Balaam. Now, what was Balaam's error? God was using them, you know, because the king said, I'm going to give you all this money if you'll curse Israel. And Balaam said, I can't curse whom God has blessed. But the king kept up in the ante. And the king kept doing things. And finally, Balaam was like, God is missing a great opportunity to bless me. God's missing a great opportunity. But God's already told Balaam no. And Balaam keeps going back to ask God. That's the first mistake. You know, when God tells you no, you can't go back and do it. Amen? So he says, yeah, well, God's not talking to me. Listen, if God doesn't tell you, you ask God something and he doesn't answer you, the answer is always no. It's always no. Always no. Did you hear that? It's always no. It's not as many as are led by what isn't said. It's as many as are led by the Spirit of God who are the sons of God. If God, and the reason God doesn't talk to you when you keep asking him is because he's already given you an answer and you didn't like it. (laughs) That's the error of Balaam. Hallelujah. God says no, but you say, yeah, but this is a great deal. It's a great deal. Do you know what? Peter calls the error of Balaam the wages of unrighteousness. That's what he said. Second Peter 2.15 talks about the Balaam's thing was the wages of unrighteousness. Yeah, Balaam got tons and tons of money. And, and, and I'm not really sure why God used the donkey. Because another thing about a donkey... You know, we can put them down all we want to, but that donkey's, you know, they brought Jesus and that donkey stopped and turned around to Balaam and said, why are you beating on me? He starts talking to him in English or Hebrew or whatever. Why are you beating on me? There's a big old angel right there ready to chop your head off and mine and I ain't getting my head chopped off for you. It was, yeah. And then Balaam's like, oops, oops. But here's the big thing. How do we get into the air of Balaam? We are led by our feelings instead of by the Spirit of God. Anytime you're led by your feelings, you're doing the error of Balaam. Anytime you're led by your feelings, anytime you're thinking, but I want this, but Lord, this would be such a... Anytime you're led by what your feelings are, you're getting into the error of of Balaam. Amen. Because the Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God. The key is, is that, how do I know if my, my feelings are wrong? They usually go against the Word of God. Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Even? <laughs> it's amazing. How many of you know they do, they do uh, I don't know who they do. How many of you have ever gotten, uh, I, what do I say? How do you, you know, basically um, research by Barna or whatever. People send you emails. Can you do this survey? Can you do this kind of survey? Uh, you know, I get all kinds of church surveys. I says I'm a you know pastor. So I do all kinds. Of, I do these things with the Barna research and some other. So we're always trying to. And it's funny when I get back the results, it's like so shocking, so shocking when you think about it because you think, wow, uh, you know, and it's like three out of ten, three out of ten people rely on the Bible as their primary source of their moral guide or things that they actually say is truth. Most of them, it's their feelings. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
It's sad. You say, yeah, now thank God we got the cream of the crop here. Praise God. Y'all are good. Everybody's perfect. Y'all are good. Awesome. That's why I'm so blessed. I told everybody, I said, I just have the cream of the crop. You know, if only 3% are doing it, I got, the, I got the top three of the 3%. I got it all here. You know, you know. And, uh, but what happens when you're walking by your feelings, you're always looking at it. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? How much am I going to get paid? Amen. Little different Palm Sunday sermon. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, hallelujah. Uh, (laughs) What we have to do is we have to be careful. Because Jesus didn't come to make you feel good. He came to save your life. And feelings are good because once you know that, then how your feelings will feel good. You will do this. Hallelujah. There's things that will take place. And how many of you know that money usually always reveals the true heart of everybody? It's not poverty. It's usually when money comes that people all get whether or not they're going to walk with God or not. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not going to talk that too much. Y'all get nervous about that. Yeah. <laughs> But look at this. I'm going to the rebellion, because when you want to go your way, hallelujah, and you want to see what's in it, and you want to walk by your feelings, it will always lead you to rebellion. It will always lead you to where you'll rebel against Christ. You'll rebel against the truth, and you'll say Bible or no Bible. I don't care. I'm going to do what God says. You know. And what was the rebellion of, of Korah? If you don't remember that, that's when Korah and them got mad because they said, who is this Moses? Who does he think he is to be the ruler over us? Who made Moses the ruler and the deliverer over Israel? God did. How many of you know that you can't vote in authority? You don't vote in, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, you don't grant, and when I say this, you don't grant, vote in spiritual authority. I'm not talking about natural, I'm talking about spiritual authority. You can't vote into play, because if you vote somebody in, he's a king, he's not who God says. He's somebody who's out of the will of God. You know, there wasn't God's will for Israel to have a king, but he let him have a king. Amen. Hallelujah. And the biggest key, you know, they had that thing, and in their rebellion, you know, they had... They were like, hey, he's, Moses has too much authority, you know, and, and we are just as equal to him. We are just as equal to him. How many of you remember what happened to Aaron and, and Miriam when they talked against Moses? If you don't remember that story, when they start bad-mouthing him, thought, our brother's gone mad. He's an idiot. What are we going to do? He's just dumb. And now we, you know, oh, come on. We're his older brother and his older sister. I mean, and we've been listening to our little brother. This is stupid. <laughs> and what happened? They all both got leprosy. And apparently, Miriam was the one that started it because she actually had to be out there for seven days. Aaron got forgiven and healed and got to come back in, but she had to stay out for seven days because apparently she was doing more of the talking. No offense, ladies. I'm not trying to hang you. I'm just telling you. It's what the Bible says, okay? Trying to hang you out there. All right? But here's what else that Korah did. Korah decided, hey, we're something. Hey, everybody, come over here and join us. Here's what we're going to do. Come over here and join us. You know, then they start accusing him that you brought us out of Egypt, which was the land of milk and honey, to die in the desert. 
and you've brought and you haven't done this, you haven't done that, you didn't do this, you know, and, and they started grumbling and complaining. And how many of you knew that they had to say, Hey, who's on the Lord's side better come over here and who's with Korah and all them better go over there? And that's the first time that the earth became Pac-Man. You know the game Pac-Man where that little round thing goes around? The earth opened up and swallowed up all those folks. Like 25,000 of them. Just gulp, all gone. Rebellion is not a good thing, folks. It isn't. You know, people get all like, oh, man, what's, you know, because here's what happens is, is that they began to look and to see about what wasn't happening, and they began to, to, you know, try to say, hey, we know better. We know what would be better. Hallelujah. You know, and instead of uh, allowing, you know, God, God to be in there, man, they got rebellious, they got prideful, and they got swallowed. <laughs> you say, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But the key about this is that God wants us, hallelujah, to go his way. Amen? And God's given us truth to deal with error. Amen? Hallelujah. And God's given us, hallelujah, his spirit to deal with rebellion so that we don't have to rebel against the things of God. And so when I ask you the question, is he your king or is he just the problem? Because when he's your king, then you ask yourself, if he's my king, I've got to live by his word. Am I living by his word? Am I allowing his word? Am I excited about what God is doing? Because we're going to celebrate resurrection. We are going to celebrate life Sunday. And this is a triumphal entrance. And, but we see this whole week going into, man, on, on Sunday, ooh, he's awesome. But on Friday, he's, let's crucify him. Let's do this. Let, let's do this. And see, when you begin to live in accordance to his way, and you begin to not rebel and do your own thing, hallelujah, then life is fun. Hallelujah. Then it's joyful. Then it's, and then you begin to get blessed in the things of God because you're saying, God, you're in this. I trust you. Amen. I trust you. Hallelujah. I trust you. And when you trust him, great things begin to happen. Amen. See, here's the thing about it. This will help you immensely. And you want to guard against that. You, don't, you want to guard against anything. Because did you realize Moses didn't even have to defend himself? He didn't have to defend himself against his brother and sister. He didn't have to defend himself against Korah. He didn't defend. God did. Amen. And here's the thing. Isaiah 54, 17. This is for you because we think we have to give an answer. We think that we have to defend ourselves or we think that we have to, to fight for that. We don't have to. Isaiah 54, 17 says that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Doesn't mean it won't get formed. It just means it can't prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now listen to this last statement. For their righteousness is of me, saith God. I'll make them righteous. And if you come against my kids, I'm going to stand for them. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to be with them. Hallelujah. And see, God's going to do that for you and I. As long as we don't go our way. As long as we don't want to walk in error and try to say, okay, well, God didn't, you know, well, God didn't say no. That must mean it's okay. No. Amen? 
I remember way, way back, many, many years ago, 44, over 44 years ago, I heard, this, heard a minister say this, and a very prominent minister. He said, I go on as much as what the Holy Spirit doesn't say, or, or doesn't say as much as he does say. And everybody thought, oh man, he, he, you know, if God doesn't say no, that must mean right. No, he wasn't saying that at all. He was saying, if God doesn't tell me, I don't do it. It's an automatic no. But everybody who wanted to sin took the opposite. It's kind of like saying, God, I want to give you all my money. I'm going to throw it up in the air. Whatever you keep and doesn't come down is yours. That's all mine. Man, I'm so glad. You're awesome. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. We had to make it a little bit lighter here. Y'all get, but you know, when you grab a hold of the truth of the word of God, it changes everything. So you don't want to try to go your own way. And you don't want to live in the air of, of thinking, well, I'm going to, no, God said he'll lead you, he'll guide you. And once God speaks to you, receive it. Accept it. Why? Because he knows what's best. So is he your king? And if he's your king, guess what? We're going to have a triumphal week. We're going to have a resurrection Sunday. We're going to have the power of God. Hallelujah. Because God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, has given you and I everything. He is not withheld everything anything from you and I. He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's not, his way is always such a greater way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father except through me. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We thank you because you're such a great God. You alone are so worthy, so precious. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you, Father. You're so great, so mighty. And so, Father, thank you for these folks that are here. I, you know, I know I've shared and it's been a little different and we moved. But, Father, we desire you to be our King, our Lord. Hallelujah. Not just our Savior, but our King and our Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we do worship you. We do praise you. We do magnify your name. Father, I don't know everybody that's here, but if there is anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they're not sure about where they'll spend eternity. They're not really sure about their relationship with you. Father, there may be those that have been hurt. Those that have been hurt Hallelujah. And are thinking to themselves, I, do, I can't forgive. Oh, but they can forgive. They can forgive. And you can forgive. It's very simple. It's just an act of your will. But you say in your heart, they don't deserve to be forgiven. It's not about them. It's all about you. Forgiveness is for you. Well, I don't need forgiveness. They need for No. Forgiveness is what sets you free from their hold on you of what they did. Matthew 5.44 says, listen, you bless those that curse you. It talks about that you pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. See, when you stand up and say, no longer is anybody going to have a hold on me. 
Nobody. I'm not going to allow anybody or anything to hold me back from the things of God. I'm not going to place anybody between me and God. And it doesn't matter whether you think, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's all about you. You getting set free. You being free. If you've said, Lord, I forgive. And I'm going to walk free from guilt, free from condemnation, free. I'm going to walk free from anger. I'm going to walk free from bitterness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we magnify you. Don't know who's that for, whether it's for somebody watching or whether for somebody here, but it is. God just arrested me and just, hey, listen, he loves you. He loves you. You may not think that he's vindicated you. You may not think that he's come to your rescue or your defense. But as I said, just like Moses didn't have to defend himself, you're not going to have to defend yourself. You say, Lord, I give it to you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for those. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm not going to pray that you do something, Father, to them. I'm going to pray, Father, that you bless. I'm going to pray that you open their eyes. I'm going to pray, hallelujah, Father, because they, they need your help. They need you. They need you to touch their lives. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, now for those to be born again. Those to come back to Jesus. Those to break the chains of the enemy that's trying to hold them in bondage. Now, if you're here on any one of those things I'm talking about, just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let's deal with it. You know, first of all, you got to acknowledge God and say, God, yeah, I got an issue. I got a problem. I got sin in my life because I'm doing this. So forgive me. Forgive me. The Bible says if you confess your sin, not if you confess your problem or if you it's like sin. You got to call it what it is and it'll set you free. Because once you do that, the devil can't use it against you anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for these folks. Thank you, Father God. I love them with all my heart. And Lord, you're the one that form-fitted this. I prayed that in the beginning. You just, wow, you just, I'm going to have to listen to it, see how crazy it was. But Lord, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you for the truth. Thank you, Father, that you've called us to be a triumphant church. You really have. But you've called us, Father God, to allow you to mold us and to make us and to change us into your image and into your likeness. Oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you for it. Thank you for it, Father. And Father, we declare as Harvest Bible Church that Jesus is our King. He is our Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is our King. He is our Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you for this week. May the Holy Spirit reveal all of the things that have taken place. May me read the Word of God that goes from now and from these chapters all the way till the resurrection of what happened all during this week. The amazing things, Father. Even to Thursday night when Jesus took a towel and wrapped it around him and then he washed the disciples' feet and they didn't understand what was going on but he began to share that your master is not greater than the servant. That you do that to one another that you realize that we're serving together. We're serving together. So, Lord, I thank you for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your amazing grace. Oh, we just honor you. We love you and praise you. And, Father, I thank you. I 
thank you for, once again, these precious, precious folks here and those that are watching. My heart's cry. Hallelujah. Is they walk in your way. Hallelujah. They walk in the truth. Hallelujah. And they never, never, never rebel against you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And amen.